From 1965 to 1980, a generation was born on this planet into a world they didn't create. This generation promptly experienced video games, VCRs, and the chicken nugget. Today, still remembered through movies and music, that generation thrives as middle-aged men and women. If you are bored, if you want to learn something new about something you already know, and if you can stand them, then maybe you should listen to The Latchkey Files. Okay, welcome. Um, you know, Coach, last night I was watching my son. He just got this new video game. It's uh, it's Batman. It's like Batman meets Grand Theft Auto. It's very violent, very realistic. And I actually had to stop, and I was just in awe of the graphics and how just amazing the technology is for these video games. And I used to play video games a lot, but they did not look like that. And it just made me think about how this all started. And it reminded me of when I first got into video games, which would have been the arcade. You went to the arcade. Oh, the arcade. Love going to the arcade. Yeah. Go with dad. My dad would, would always be a special treat. To go it was also free babysitting. I think my dad would drop me off at the arcade and, I don't know, he went somewhere. <laughs> well, my dad liked going for himself. Your dad, would, your like dad was, would play. We're going, but I'm going myself. But he wouldn't go. Now, this I'm going back a ways now, but. For myself and my brother, it was the, I'll still use the term video games, that's, I'm, that work, that we're doing a lot of work now, but my dad would go to the bank of pinball oh. machines that the arcade still had, they were a little bit sequestered over to the side, but they I remember there would be rows, and sometimes you would find these larger arcades that would have rows like, of these. Like, like you're on the right. pier, and he'd go play the, the um, pinball machines, and we'd go play, I'll still say video games, because... They wouldn't be anything you recognize now. Right. They were no Batman beating up the Joker. And not no, even it wouldn't even have been. Um, a lot of the ones that, that I remember in the arcades I went to were physical games. They were like a car driving game where you drove a, a car, a physical car object inside the console. And when you move the wheel, the car moved and you had to go over humps or go under bridges or whatever. So they were physical objects with weird you're going back, Yeah, you're going back away on this. What, it was. what about, did you remember the cool guy that worked there that would walk around with the, the coin dispenser? Yes. Boy, he would just, like, he could flip that out like he was. Rapid he fire. Was, Went to the apartment. Like he was ready for a, a duel or something, you know? Yes. Much better <laughs> than the cold machine where you feed the dollar in. No, no, I don't like those. I need the guy. The guy who's got it as a holster, oh, he, yeah. he's got it right in the, exactly where he needs it. And he right wears hand. like a, doesn't he wear like a referee shirt around so he can be identified? He had whatever, yeah, something. whatever, <laughs> whatever matched the the theme of that particular. He probably had keys with one of the strings he'd pull out and he'd snap back. Like he just had all <laughs> yes. the, the accessories. Well, you did have keys because. Oh, you'd have to open it okay. up sometimes. You had That's to open right. it up if there was a malfunction or whatever. <laughs> and um, it was a special, was that round yeah. key? Yeah. That you wouldn't work on no. anything else. But the professionalism was what I... He was excited. That he didn't have to look at his <laughs> coin maker. When you gave him a dollar bill, he would his thumb went right to the lever. Rapid fire. One, two, three, four. Hand you the four. He would do it so thing. smooth like he was tipping a valet or oh, something. Yeah. And he was multitasking. <laughs> hey, mister, this thing ate my quarter. Would either he'd make the executive decision, am I fixing it or am I telling the kid he's out I of used box? to love when he would have to play like security guard to some of the more, uh, 
you know, out of out of control, unruly yes. kids. Hey, yes. maybe come over there. We're not gonna have that in here. <laughs> oh no, this guy was Lord of the Domain, and he probably his take home was probably eight dollars, and all of it was in metal. <laughs> like he's probably not making a huge living, but for a kid, like oh, this is the best. That job would be in the world. cool. Are you kidding me? You can open up the machine, and there's a button you press that's because whenever there was a malfunction, say, hey, the quarter. He could, I guess, determine that did happen or that didn't happen. Or if you were a regular, who knows how he made his calculus. But he would just press that button inside and give you as many free plays as he decided you were worthy You think that's of. how he'd pick up on, on girls? Like, hey. I would hope not, somehow. Because, A, not really a target-rich environment for women. In Usually not. And, B, that's just icky. There's something... Icky about that. If, who knew all you needed was a change machine <laughs> you got on it. your yep. hip? I could go all day talking about the arcade and experiences that I had growing up again with my dad, possibly abandoning me for several hours. I don't know what he went and did, <laughs> yes. but yes. I didn't care because I would do it. But that's not where everything started. Oh, heck no. The arcade was not, at least the type of arcade we're talking about, that's not the beginning of video game. We, we think that Oh, for video games, you had to go off to the arcade. Not, not even close. It actually goes back way farther than we think. It goes all the way back to 1947. That's your, I don't know if you want to call it a video game. That's the first game that you could play on your television set. It was called the cathode ray tube amusement device. That's just crazy to me because most people didn't even have TVs <laughs> back then. Well, one, that's like literally what it is. They didn't even bother with, with the name. So what it was was your TV could project through just static an image of thing that they claimed was like an artillery shell, like arcing across the screen. But you had to put on a plastic overlay over the screen to make the blob make any sense. Like, okay, it's going into this building, but it's a building because I put a plastic oh, kind overlay of like on a top set? of my screen. Like almost like you'd put yeah, a you set? had to put a physical wow. thing, and you adjusted the shell's trajectory with the various control knobs that were already on your TV. So you made the little shell move with horizontal holds. I've got to be on. I've never heard of that. That I find that That's, very. How bored, though, are you? Well, for back then, I mean, you know, they were used to listening to Little Orphan Annie on the radio in the shadow. This had to be awesome. That's Look true. what I'm doing here. The first one that was a little bit more game-oriented. This, this is still, this is 1950. It was Birdie the Brain. It was an electronic tic-tac-toe game, but it was built for the Canadian National Exhibition. So this wasn't a commercial object. It was a curiosity. Hmm. So you would go in, some little exhibition. You could you know, press a panel to say, I want put the X here, and the computer would put a, an O where it thought it wanted to be. And you played tic-tac-toe against this machine opponent. Oh. But it was a novelty. This was, they dismantled it when the convention was over, or the exhibition was over, because why? Like, no one, this, this is interesting. But nobody's going to buy this. Nobody's going to buy this thing the size <laughs> of your living room. Um, in 1952, same sort of thing. It was called OXO, and it used your rotary telephone to dial in your moves. Um, then we had 58. There was Tennis for Two, a game that used an oscilloscope to make a tennis game. So now you've got a two-player wow. game. Again, this thing's disassembled when it's over because it's just a curiosity. It's not till 1962 that we make Space War. Space War. Now, I know what that is. 
No. Did you ever see no, a space I, I have war no console? clue. Okay. It's just what it sounds like. Two spaceships shooting at it's each other. It's a two-player or one-player? It's a two-player okay. thing in a little outer space environment. Um, it's the first video game that could be played on multiple computer installations. So in other words, you didn't build an entire device just that was, had only one purpose, this. This was finally a mass-produced thing. So 62 is when this really gets hmm. started. This is going to be a deep cut, but fans of the movie Soylent Green. With Charlton Heston? With Charlton okay. Heston. You know, Soylent Green. Spoiler alert. Soylent Green is made Whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry, I said spoiler alert. <laughs> um, they, there's a woman playing Space War. I would have, I'm going to go back now and actually watch yeah. that. It's early. It's the furniture, the woman who comes with the apartment. Ooh. She's You're going back away. She's playing Space War on a console. Um, and then 67, we finally have the first prototype multiplayer, multi-program video game system. It was called the Brown Box. Boy, that was really a creative, inventive name. I know. They're not good at names, apparently. <laughs> they sell this to Magnavox, the guy Ralph Bayer, who's sometimes called the father mm -hmm. of video games. He sells it to Magnavox. They marketed it under the name Odyssey. So finally we got a name here. The Odyssey Gaming System. That's the first home video game console. It's marketed in 1972. Wow. The Odyssey System. Uh, it didn't really last long. <laughs> production ended only three years later. So it had a three-year production run. And what you essentially did with it, you made little dots and uh, lines on the screen. And again, plastic overlay to make those dots make any sense at all. Um, it had dice. Paper money. When you bought it, you got physical things to accentuate. The so it was, game it was you your kind of an interactive board game almost. It, it, some of them were. There were twenty-eight games. Wow, that's, that's actually a lot more than I would have thought. One of them went on later to become Pong, and there were tons of lawsuits that happened because of that. Which Magnavox won a bunch of them. But you could do skiing, hockey. That was just Pong with an overlay on top of it. Um, football, they used dice and cards to play football. <laughs> um, baseball, same thing, just different overlay. Cat and mouse, that was a chase game, and so on. So games like that. And it, intri it also had a light gun. Really? So you had a shooting gallery game and you know, shoot the bad now, guy Now, do you game. remember this at all? You would have been young. I you didn't have an Odyssey. Young. I don't remember. I mean, I, this is, for me, this, the Odyssey would have been released... Um, when I was four. okay, I don't. I just didn't know if they had like a commercial. That. You said it went through three years. I just yeah. So seventy five, it ended, um, and in seventy five, that's when Atari releases. Okay, Kong. now Atari, now you're getting into so this. I start remembering. Right, you're you're right. getting into my. Uh, you can finally hear something right, that you yeah. recognize. Yeah. So, but um, Magnavox sues them for copyright infringement. And it's settled out of court. Atari becomes an Odyssey licensee. And for 20 years, Magnavox successfully defends their copyright on Pong-like really? games. So they're, they're making money not so much from selling games, from suing people. Who, who make better versions of that game. Yeah. But then in 77, and now we're starting to get into what we right. all know, Atari releases the Atari 2600. Now, that was, so now we're into the... Okay, and that was... Do, you know, do we know how much that was when it was released or then? I do I think not I, you know, know what I'm sorry. I got it right here. It was $199. Yeah. 
at the time for, for their for money? there. So what's that? That's eight hundred and fifty dollars in today's okay. money. So okay. not. I don't think uh, Santa was making a bunch of these for the the kids my age. Right. You had to have some explanations right. for some kids why Santa's not doing this. Uh, you know, this is. But now we're into cartridges and joysticks and things we all kind of kind of understand. Right, and the other thing we understand, everyone remember Space Invaders? Remember of course. That? Seventy-eight. That's the that's the arcade. So that game. was when it was in the arcade. Was seventy-eight? And I mean, that's I played that. I'm ten wow. years old. I mean, that's right down my alley, exactly. And by the way, something we forgot to mention: some of you will remember. How did you reserve the next spot on you the arcade? You put the coin up there. Exactly. Put your quarter right on the bottom of the glass surface, in between the glass surface and the metal. Oh yeah, I remember. There's this asshole that would come and not care about it, and we were too scared to do anything about it. So, but you're breaking protocol. Well, yeah, but he was a lot bigger than all of us, and he was mean. And he didn't want to call referee. That guy looked like he was scared of this 13 year old as well. Okay, this is true. You know, well, because he would have been a 25 year old living at home getting his ass kicked by a 13 year old. I, I don't. So it's Kelly Leak. Essentially, but bigger. <laughs> a big Kelly Leak after he's been juiced yeah. after the season. So now we're getting into familiar right. territory. Now people start to know what we're talking about. I mean, Space Invaders was huge. That was, that was the right. game, right? This sort of very simple but incrementally difficult game. And it was just, I mean. Just enough just, substance to it. Anyone who. You know video games now, and you didn't know it back then. Back then, that was really cool. We didn't know any better. It was right. Technology was relative to what we understood, and the excitement was relative to the technology. So I, I remember playing that for hours. Right. You didn't play Space Invaders and pine for something No, more this complex. was it. You, you just, like, this is really is. cool. You didn't say, wouldn't it be better if? You just, this is what I'm being presented with. This is what I got. So Space Invaders on the arcade is 78, but then it comes to home console, what, in 1980, right. I think, right, Coach? So it's not long before our arcade stuff, the stuff that we had to go out to the arcade to play, is available at home. And now we're starting to get some proliferation of the systems. In 79, Mattel released Intellivision. To sort of I do remember that. That I remember because that's what my my family decided to go with because I'm 10 years old. You know, Atari is out. People are starting to get it. My friends are starting to get it. And my, I remember my mom and dad, especially my dad, they were on the one hand, oh, but we think video games are a bad idea. This is going to rot your head. But on the other, I want you to participate in pop culture. So what do we do? Thank God for George Plimpton <laughs> and the television marketing scheme. Because their marketing was, oh, we have the answer. For you parents who are worried that video games will rot your kid's head, but you also don't want to make them, you know, ostracize them from pop culture, we got you covered with Intellivision, intelligent television. And if any of you remember George Plimpton, he was this sort of Boston Brahmin guy <laughs> who was just, everything about him was classy, and yet he's hawking a video game system. And that's what my dad, that was the compromise my dad could make. It was, oh, wait a minute. So we can still let my sons participate in pop culture, but also somehow in a way that I can't figure out, educate them. So you I'm never had an Atari. I didn't have I had, Atari. You know what's funny? This is a great story. And we were snobbish. My first Atari, so my parents divorced, and my mom had this boyfriend who had an Atari, and he had a bird. 
and I liked the bird. It was like a parakeet. Yeah, yeah, like so he moved in with us for a while. So he had a bird and an Atari. So your mom was dating Loretta. I guess I did not think about it like from that standpoint. But. So when they broke up, he said, well, you can keep the bird or the Atari. And I'm like, get that damn bird out of here. I'm going to keep this Atari. Right. I'm like, like, really? Sure. You can keep the bird or the Atari. Atari. And I I took the Atari. And that was right about when Pac-Man, Pac-Man was huge. Pac-Man was huge. Pac-Man, yeah. That became, again, arcade. Right. right? And you played in the arcade. And we all remember the the iconic sounds of Pac-Man, you know, dying or whatever. From what I remember gathering, the original title was going to be Puck Man because he looked like a hockey no, puck. I, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's a little too easy to scratch out that P and make it into an F, and now you got yes. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, you're, you're a guy that didn't follow protocol, that's first Oh, that's exactly doing. what he's doing. He's, he's taking his pen knife out, and he's scratching the little loop of the P out on every console. I still remember playing Pac-Man going, if only they took Pac-Man and put a bow, this game would be so much better. How, I mean, <laughs> come on. Fem- Why girl not just power come here. out with that? Phyllis Schlafly, <laughs> damn. We need, we need Ms. Clear. And I remember specifically the issue was that it was Ms. Pac-Man, not right. Mrs. She's not beholden like they made to a big anybody. Deal about, no. no, no, no. She doesn't no, need to no, be married. No. Get these ghosts herself. Like, it's, an, it's a yellow circle with a wedge cut out. There's, there's no humanity whatsoever. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't realize... I mean, Pac-Man, I get it. And I, some sort of weird that, how do you do Ms. Pac-Man? Like, how does that work? Is his name I, Pac-Man? I think, is that the pa- formal name? Pac-Man? Is that the Christian name that they... Uh... Yeah, but it was, it was hyphenated. <laughs> so was he, was one parent... He's Pac- the Duke. It's just, that's it. Pac-Man abides. So you had all these arcade games. You had all these console games. Like I said, in television started to come out. Start taking a chunk out of Atari, and they did. They were they were a competitor, um, but it, it something happened around '83. The North American video game industry just just crashed all of a sudden. Part of the reason was competition from computer games. Yeah, because now PCs right. are starting. Commodore to get 64, a couple things. So now you've got problems. Wait a minute, we don't have this market cornered anymore of home computer games. But a bigger reason was oversaturation of the market with just bad stuff, just overhyped and bad. And bad the worst game. video game of all time, of course, was <laughs> E.T. I remember you remember watching that movie, and yep. if I remember correctly, they only gave they wanted the uh, uh, they wanted to get it out very quickly for the holiday shopping season, so they only gave the programmer like six weeks to make this video game, and. They, I think they made like four million cartridges just because the ET at this time was huge. I mean, that was a huge sure. blockbuster. That's where Reese's right? Pieces did. They did very well with that. M and M's didn't want to get involved. And so, yeah. you know, Atari, they want to get involved and and jump in and and the game's released and the game is horrible. Terrible. I mean, I was little. I was very young, but I remember my brother getting very upset at how crappy this game was, and right. most games were. Looking back on it, kind of crappy at that point. I mean, right. compared to now, but that was that was bad. Well, when the, I think with the problem the Atari ran into, when you were doing abstractions, this blob is shooting this other blob here. You're fine because you're not really running into the limitations of the the video system. But now you're trying to render an actual thing that that exists in the real world. Well, 
in the fictional world. And E.T., like, he has a distinctive right. look. And your video game is barely able to capture a, a ping pong paddle, much less this extraterrestrial that just was in a movie. Well, it was a nightmare. It was just god-awful. And I think there was, there used to be a, an urban legend that was later confirmed that, uh-huh, they did bury a whole bunch of copies out in the New Mexico desert under a landfill and covered it with And cement. is this the, the video game crash of 83, like around this time? Yeah, this is when the crash happened. Like, it just, too many bad games. And they were overhyped. They weren't just bad. They had been promised, this is going to be fantastic, and now suddenly we're in bad shape. For about two years, it lies fallow until we get to 85, and that's when Nintendo gets into the game. So Nintendo reaches the American shores, better graphics, better colors, better sound, better gameplay, the whole thing. Now, was this right? So 85 for me, I'm, I'm starting to leave the market. This is right when I'm, I'm in so the market. For you, it's right but You know what now. I actually found interesting, and most people don't know this, that Nintendo, we, we come to associate it with the video games, right? But it, was, it actually goes back to 1889, and originally it produced a handmade, like these flower cards. And like playing yeah, cards? Yeah, kind sort of, of I think. So it's always been in sort of a gaming industry, but for <laughs> 100 years, you know, before it really gets going with, with the video game system. But this, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the 8-bit, third-generation home game, uh, home game console, this was... I believe the turning point because I remember when this came out, this was the the greatest thing. I mean, it was this mm -hmm. was revolutionary. Everyone had to have it, and I remember you had a couple different uh, package options. One came with a robot, which I never, I never wow. got. You would get the light gun for Duck Hunt. Okay, so we're right. going back to that. Um, or the I'm sorry, it was called the NES Zapper, and uh, yeah, you would get uh, the the dual game pack so you could get Super Mario Brothers. And you could get uh, Duck Hunt. But this was a thing. If you did not have this, you were ostracized on the playground because everyone's talking about how great this Nintendo is. And so, sure. <clears throat> remember, we've, we've talked about the pester power of kids with parents. Mm -hmm. This is me as a divorced recently <laughs> child of <laughs> product of divorce going, if you really love me, like you couldn't stay married, but somebody get me a freaking Nintendo system. Wow. I swear I pulled you probably that didn't off. frame it exactly. I, it was like probably that, I don't think I articulated it as to. well. There's probably more right. That framing was already crying and stomping as, as it went. But no, I needed to have this. I remember when There's this came out. Only so much He-Man and his reversible <laughs> armor can do. <laughs> you can only carry the day so long. But yeah, that that pressure of. But everyone else has one. We, we laugh at it, but, go, but that is a thing. Like, if I'm on the playground and everyone's saying, oh, I beat my high score in Duck Hunt, and you're saying, I don't even know what that is. Not only do I not have it, I can pretend, but I can't. No, there's no internet to look anything up. I was still on the Atari at this point. Playing Space Invaders, probably. Who knows? The same way that someone might be mocked for their, you know, you went to JCPenney for that. Well, it's the same sort of yeah. idea. So this is now, now we're getting serious. No, this right? is now anyone Nintendo. who is born, I would say, around 73 to 1980 remembers this. This was a huge, huge thing, particularly for boys. I, I don't remember a lot of young girls playing it, but it was a little, bit it was a little more, more geared towards this. Oriented. I mean, and, and uh, the Super Mario Brothers, that, that was a game changer. That, that game was amazing. So Nintendo learned from the E.T. debacle. 
and they put regulations on third-party games. So third-party games would be a game that some company makes that isn't Nintendo but is making a game for Nintendo. Oh. They put regulations like, hey, we're not making any more cruddy games that we're going to get behind. If you're going to make a Nintendo game, you've got to have, have these, these qualities in place because no one wants to be the E.T. group again. So they did something in 89. I wonder if you had, did you have a Game Boy? I did have a Game Boy. This is, this is now a brand new I remember new playing Tetris. Right? That was a big thing playing on Game that Boy. That was the one, Tetris. Yeah. And you know why it's called Tetris? Some Russian thing or something? Yeah, because Tetra yeah. means four. And all the little objects. Are I was actually really good at I still play a, a variation of Tetris. I would imagine in today's day we might have to reframe it as non-Russian. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to really fly. Um, but you have the Game Boy. 1998, the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to leave our generation now. But it, this kept going. 2004, Nintendo DS. 2011, Nintendo 360. Then the, the Switch. Like this no, is it, and this going. is this is huge. All from this 89, way back in 89. Now, Nintendo's got the lion's share of it now, right? They, they're dominating the market in the late Right, 80s. no, I mean, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was probably one of the greatest video games that I remember playing. I, I would play that for hours, and that was the mission. But the difference, I would say, with video games back then, and a lot of people can probably attest to this, is that you could beat the game and be done with it. Whereas mm-hmm. now these interactive ones just go and go and go. So you would sit there and go, okay, if I can get to Mike Tyson and I beat, uh, you know, the super macho man right before him. Okay, now I got Tyson. I remember his eyes would blink and that told you that he was going to punch. Oh, wow. And so you had to avoid okay. it because if he touched you, if he hit you one time, that was it. it was yeah. So I remember Tyson. spending uh, a good amount of, of Christmas break one year playing that. I finally beat Tyson. Good for you. And. But see, you, it was goal-oriented. It was oriented. completely goal-oriented, like, and I went I back outside, and I was a regular boy again when it was done. But I had to beat <laughs> right. Mike Tyson. Right. But they had all this. This is what we would do. We would play, you know, they had Contra. They had, um, you mentioned Tetris, Legend of Zelda. I mean, that's still around today. We have people that excite bike. That was another good one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kung Fu. I mean, this was the, the, this is what made being a kid in the 80s so great was being able to play these video games. I mean, it's funny to me that Contra was a game because that's like geopolitical. It was, like and it, but it was a really cool game. I remember it being a really cool game. I would imagine a kid playing Contra, and then if they catch their parents watching something, a news something with Reagan, no, thinking well, Contras are a real thing. <laughs> that there's an actual thing. Now, so in '89, we get uh, Nintendo's first major competitor, and that's the Sega guys with their Genesis console. Big difference, Genesis 16-bit. Now, they had a failed model in 86, the Master System. They tried to take on Nintendo. They, they're getting beat up by that. But in 89, they go with the 16-bit system. So now it's got technological superiority to the Nintendo NES. And then they release in 91 Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, and then this changes it, because I remember when this came out, and it was just like Atari was completely, <laughs> completely antiquated so fast. When Sega came out, it was like the the NES is is done. You got to have Sega, right. and you can all thank a guy named Tom Kalinske, who they put as CEO of Sega, and he decided that he wanted to cut the price of Genesis because he figures that and it basically build a brand around Sonic, uh, much like Mario for uh, Nintendo, and uh, boy, they they sure did. I mean, it was great. I didn't play a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog. I played a lot of Street Fighter Two. 
Um, okay. I remember playing Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and a lot of football games. A lot of football games around this time. Okay. This is when they started to get really, really good, the, the games themselves, the football games. Sure. Instead of just, you know, going left and right. Up. Like they were, yeah. they were exciting. And um, now we have our console war because Nintendo doesn't wait long before in 91 they released their own 16-bit. Mm-hmm. So now, they're, now, it's, now it's on. And they're still sticking with their Super Mario Brothers, and they started to do something that we've talked about with our toy line. They've gotten oh yeah, no the the '90s. You can remember they had the Super Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, which was a wasn't a good movie, and Street Fighter might have been even worse. I mean, they got Jean Claude Van Damme. I thought it was going to be somewhat interesting. Raul Julia. Yeah. Oh, you would think like man, this guy's where does that guy come from? It was such a bad, bad movie. Well, there's not much, unless I'm wrong, there's really not an inherent story. No, it's nothing. Know. It's just people that get together and fight. So they created, like, good and bad, and it was it was bad. It was real bad. I don't know that it's, I think this debate can be a long time. Is it worse, though, than the Super Mario Brothers movie? Because that's, that's a business. They're all, they're that's a, all, that needs to go they're to the all Hague bad. For crimes yeah, they're humanity. all bad. But, and yet they featured, I mean, Super Mario... Brothers movie had Bob Hoskins in it, Dennis Hopper. Like, I think what? because there's no story, so somebody's got to quickly just make up a story for this video game to make any sense. Rather, like Mortal Kombat, it was Christopher Lambert was Nothing in it. There. It was just it was bad. Like, well, is that a? I think it's a lateral move, Highlander. You're going lateral. The immortal. I noticed Sean Connery didn't follow him. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. And then, of course, we can't forget Mario Kart. Oh, we, okay. So we go through, and then and I remember in 95, Sega, they jumped ahead. They, they had their Saturn system, which was a 32-bit, and this one was the first one to play CDs rather than the cartridges. Um, and then Sony comes out with their PlayStation. This is where everything changes to where we're, we're getting a little bit more to, to what we have now. But the PlayStation comes out, and that was amazing. And then I remember Nintendo 64 comes out. What made this for me particularly interesting was this was the first one you could play with more than two players so you could play mario Mario kart with four players the golden eye 007 is probably my favorite video game of all time and that was a four player as well and you would it was great it was the first time you know you would have to go over to someone's house that had a big screen i do remember that this is back with the old projector tvs so you could see it but we would play what all night all night GoldenEye, all night Mario Kart. We would actually have these sleepovers in my early 20s playing video games all night because it was that interesting. But the uh, the PlayStation, that was really a huge game changer. And then the PlayStation 2 in 2000, that's the number one best-selling game console of all time. Um, you know, it could play DVDs too, which I remember being, you know, you got a DVD player with the video game system essentially. So that was really cool, too. Um, and then, you know, it goes back and forth. It's still kind of going back and forth in certain ways, like you said. Well, then Microsoft releases the Xbox, you know, and then that goes against PlayStation. And I don't think much about Nintendo around that point. It, became, it seems like it was just PlayStation versus Xbox as it works out. And these are when, you know, I told you I don't play video games anymore simply because I was so addicted to playing these football games and right. and other things on PlayStation. So I just don't play because I will play for hours. That's how. Well, if I remember, and we're, I'm going back now, there has been controversy about 
the violent nature. You know, as the video games got more technologically advanced, and now we can depict a person as a person instead of a blob, you now run the problem of, okay, but if I'm, if I'm punching a guy and blood comes out of his nose and I can see it for what it is, we've got a little problem with... Well, this all starts with Mortal Kombat 92, because yeah. <clears throat> in that game you would have this place where you were going to finish somebody off and it was called fatalities and and you know you would stab somebody or rip their spine out or however it went so it was it was you know and these are aimed at younger younger players so this actually becomes a a, a big push along with a game called night trap do you remember hearing about this at all i don't remember it was it was weird it was like an inner uh Oh, was it one of those video? It was like a it video. Like a it was a video, video, but it was an interactive. It was bizarre, and it was basically Dana Plato from uh, Different Strokes was in it. Okay. And it was girls having a sleepover, and you're kind of watching this house, but the people are attacking it. It's like a life surveillance footage sort of deal. I, okay. So it's voyeuristic. I knew somebody from that had it. I think it was a friend of my brother's who was older, but there's no way my parents would have let me have this game and then it's well beyond just being a voyeur to a girl sleepover like what was the point well there was like guys breaking in i think and you are protecting the girls i I honestly don't remember it's worth probably checking out but no and then that's where it's it's came out and then you remember obviously with the columbine tragedy in 99 this comes up again about these violent video games because uh Klebold and Harris were playing uh wolf was it wolfenstein that was a oh is that that was the german yeah, um, and so it comes out, and, and I, I don't know. I mean, there, there haven't been a whole lot of empirical evidence, psychologically speaking, that violent video games produce more violence in kids, but I would say the average kid, no, but you take somebody who's a little susceptible at risk. Well, I remember, didn't the – now we're moving farther ahead. Didn't the Grand Theft Auto games face – Oh yeah, also no, no, no. Serious. Those are I, I. That's about when I stopped playing video games. Is right when okay. when Grand Theft was was really popular. At least the first one. Where, yes, you. I would. I don't even really remember the point of the game. I would just drive around and shoot people, and you you could you could run over like prostitutes. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm thinking back to Mortal Kombat now, going maybe it wasn't that bad because that looked like a like a cartoon. This one, <laughs> At least you have, yeah. And there's in theory two willing participants in this. Combat. I guess, yeah. And it says Mortal right, right there in the title. Like, not a big surprise. You know, what you it's thought this was going to be. Maybe that's why the movie was bad. We are. And yet, I don't remember. See, and this is why I talked about technological advancement. No one was upset that there were ghosts chasing Pac-Man. Like they didn't consider that the occult. correct. Because a, they just look like like. Ovals with jagged edges, you know, and the the game was so abstract, you didn't know what right. was even happening. And now, um, I think I saw someone playing Red Dead Redemption, which is a cowboy. it's like a cowboy Grand Theft Auto, right? But it's completely wide open. And I was asking the player, so you have free license to do just about anything you can think of. So what's preventing you from? Are you are you trying to do good in the world? Do bad? And the player, and this was kind of chilling to me, said. Oh, you just do whatever comes up. And I thought, that's really sort of an amoral. You're just this amoral cowboy wandering the landscape, doing whatever. And what, what are you, 16, the player? Like, you're, you're a little young for this nihilistic view no, of the it, world. No, it's true. And I don't know. I mean, time will tell, I guess. I, I'm not sure if it is, if there's any harm to it or not. I, but 
the next step, I think, would be if there is a transcendent step in video games coming, wouldn't it have to be the total? It's going to have to be a total interactive virtual yeah. reality. You know, yeah, absolutely. And we'll see what happens. We'll see. With that. The sky's the limit. But anyway, if you've had a if you've had fun hearing about video games, at least as much fun as we used to have playing them, then uh, we're glad to be of service. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Latchkey Files. If you'd like to experience more from us, you can find Sean O'Brien's science fiction books on Amazon, Nook, Audible, and most other book and audiobook retailers. You can also go to his website at seanobrienauthor.com. And if you're looking to get in better shape, both physically and mentally, check out Chris Varner's lifestyle and fitness YouTube channel called Just a Dad Bod.